Hi everybody and welcome to the latest installment of the NSL's podcast. I hope everyone is well who's listening. And yes, this will be a Celtic podcast. I'm joined by two regulars, Francis and Ross. How are you both? Good mate, yeah. yourself? Yeah, I'm good too. Good. It's just good to get a Celtic podcast out, isn't it guys? Like, it seems like an eternity. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... oh, sorry, nice... Ross, on you go. No, it's alright. It's, uh-huh. it's a nice wee change. We've enjoyed the Scotland one, but back to back to reality if you like. Yeah, I mean, I said like the topic list to you guys is like, as you said, there's like 640 <laughs> we'll have to speak about, but we'll get stuck in and go straight to the first one, and that's Mr. Anz Postacoglu is finally in Glasgow and took his first training session as of today, which is Thursday when we're recording this podcast, and <clears throat> we've had two weeks, two and a half weeks to sort of get used to the fact that it's not going to be an Eddie Howe or a big name. Postacoglu's coming in, and William in our, our group chat describes him as a big friendly giant. And it looks like everything's going to be okay under his leadership. But how do you guys feel? I'll come to yourself, Francis. Obviously, he's he's in Glasgow now. He's given a few interviews. We've seen the the Celtic video they put out on their Instagram story. He walked in, and the first people he's seen was uh, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. Big hello to you guys if you're listening. But uh, it's what what are you thinking, Francis? How are you feeling about it at the minute? Uh, I'm like I'm I'm warm. I'm I'm obviously still nervous and kind of nervous for him as well because it's obviously. His, Arguably his biggest job in football, I appreciate maybe some Australian fans might might differ for that point when you consider the national team, but I think that, that arguably it's just the rebuild, etc. whatever's going to happen at Celtic, is a, it, it makes it a big job. But early impressions, like just, like Celtic, well, just like listening to me talk, it sounds so calming. It makes it sound like, could just be the Australian accent, but just everything just sounds like it, it's got to be okay in that. And, it's. I think it was quite telling that I've, the first couple of pitches, when obviously the one in London, it was with Dominic Mackay. The first one we uh, in Glasgow was with Dominic Mackay. I think that was. Is that maybe just a wee sort of a change, image change for Celtic? How Dominic Mackay's maybe got to be sort of in the forefront, but without obviously being trying to be the obviously as the main man, but showing that he's the main man, like trying to be the big the big shot. So it maybe be going like sort of how Leicester are, how their owner is. Kind of always there or thereabouts, but he's in the background too, and he seems to be getting that sort of a family type club. So I don't know if maybe that's an image we're trying to portray and stuff. So, but then again, it could simply be because obviously Don McKay is just new in, so it's Celtic are kind of pushing the two new guys. But early impressions and just what like his re interview of the day and stuff, it's just it's it's a calm, I've got a calm feeling now. Mm. It's like we're getting out of the storm, <coughs> the stormy waters that we're, we've seen last season. Yeah, <coughs> I don't, I don't know what it is about him. As you said, there are Mackay's and all the photos, but maybe is that Celtic pushing that this was Mackay's appointment? The pushing him into all these photos, with, possibly. With Foster, yeah. with Foster Cogdy. you never know what games Celtic are playing with, with yeah. the fans, especially. And coming to yourself, Ross, obviously Francis alluded to the interviews that he gave today, and he's given a few over Zoom and stuff like that. But he's been at Lennox Town today, and one of the, one of the things I took from it. He said in one of his kind of speeches, things he said, every training session is going to be so important. And it is because if what we're led to believe is true, it takes six to 12 months for his <laughs> methods to be, to be implemented into the squad. And every training session from now until the first competitive game against Mitzelland in the Champions League qualifier is fairly important, isn't, isn't it really? Nick? Oh, aye, it is. Aye. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. What manager it is, or if he's just in the door or not, I, I think every training session is important anyway. But um, as regards Postacoglu himself, it's uh, it's just it's just good to 
see that he's finally arrived and he can start working properly now. Uh, and uh, like actually meeting people in person and building relationships. Uh, I'm intrigued to see the comings and goings. Uh, but I'm excited for a new chapter and uh, see a, a much needed freshness to the squad. Uh, I'm buzzing to see him implement his style and on the team. Uh, and just fingers crossed he gets, he gets off to a strong start. Uh, he just, again, we've alluded to it before, uh, but he just, and as Willie's Willy, talked about it, I've talked about it myself, he just makes you feel good and he puts you at ease uh, in every interview I've seen him doing so far. Uh, he, he looks a very confident man uh, and he, he looks to have a real belief in what he can bring to the table for Celtic. I just kindly asked the board to provide them with the tools and financial backing to the best of their ability to, to bring success back to us this season and in the coming seasons. I mean, he it, 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 uh, it just, he looks, it looks like your dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, a, a right, a right cairn looking soul that's, that's <laughs> going to pick this club up and take it on a Take it on one, one big long hun skeleton journey. Dirty, <laughs> dirty dream boys, I'm a, 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 I, I, I mean, it, it is one of the, it is one of the isn't it, guys? That you have to get behind him no matter what. And yes, yeah. he is. He's coming from the unknown. We've all had our we our rants about the situation that Celtic are in, but at the end of the day, we all want what's best for Celtic, and we need to look forward, as Ross said, with a bit of a, a bit of hope, a bit of aspiration to see what we can do this season. Many people don't expect much in Europe, but you touched upon there something, Ross, and kind of the incomings. Now, there's been loads of rumours in the last two and a half weeks about who could be coming in or who's going out, and just touch upon pe- players who could potentially come in. We've heard rumours the last sort of 24 hours that Celtic have apparently put a £5 million offer in for a Croatian under-21 defender, Mario Fiskovic from Hajduk Split, and also as well, apparently they're in talks with Bologna for a £3 million bid for Arne Hickey. Now he obviously left Celtic, went to Hearts, and then left Hearts and went over to Bologna in Italy. And then there's also the players likes of Aramoy, Charlie Wake, Matt Ryan, the goalkeeper that Postecoglou knows very well after managing him in, in the, the Australian national team. And then the, the striker from the Japanese league, Adu Onoa. I mean, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but again, uh, that's, the, that's the guy he played. I think he played for Postecoglou's old team, Yokohama, when he uh, recently scored a hat-trick on his Japan debut. So... There's a bit of a thing about him. I mean, a bit of hype anyway, especially over in the J-League. But come to yourself, Francis. In terms of the incomings, how is it stacking up for you so far? Because when I put up the Instagram the Instagram post maybe about a week and a half ago now with uh, four people on it, it was like Aaron Moy, Matt Ryan, Adu Onoa and Charlie Wigg. It was 50-50 to be fair. What's your feeling on, on the people who are linked to be coming in at the minute? Um, th- I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know much about it, but that's just the nature of the market Celtic will deal in. It's, although some of the figures are like five, six, seven, eight million in that, they're talking with some of these players. They're not necessarily household names, if you like. So you're obviously got to be a wee bit nervous. It's, but what, when you read up on them, things are exciting. But again, like I've touched on before, when you read up on these boys and watch videos, there's... It's generally these things have been done by agents or people associated with them, so it's hard to actually really get a proper, proper say. But regards to the, the young creation lad, I think if there's any truth truth in that, I think that's a bold bold move spending that kind of money on a 19 year old. 
fits the model of the club, I suppose, that he'll have a a sell-on sort of a value, if you like, in a few years' time if he does well. But And then the Hickey one, they're talking three million. Then we're led to believe there was rumours, obviously, last week that we'd made around about anything between five to seven million pound bid for Valentin Rossier, if I'm saying that yes. right, the French, yes. the French boy. So, and then the Matt Ryan one, I would, I would take that as much as obviously we we back Barkas, Stephen. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I, I would be, I would, I'd be a bit, a wee bit more reassured with Matt Ryan, I guess, and. Just of like with the four players alone, you're you're a good part, nearly twenty million just on four players. So it's if there's anything in these rumours and uh, things, it's it's definitely the border, the border backing Postecoglou and giving them. Not it's, you can't say they're giving the tools. We don't know if the signs will work out, but certainly on the face of it, it, it suggests they will. I've seen rumours that were were interested in the boy Santos. Boy, I think a Colombian boy, but he's played with a free. Yeah, on a free, apparently he's rated about fifty million. But I mean, market value is just could be anything and stuff. And I've heard like Ryan Gold on a free as well as possibly an option as well. And a guy Al- Albert Ellis for Boavista, I think we'll yeah. like to him a season ago. But he's apparently been back talking about how he's been speaking to Azaguirre and stuff, and then. But they'd be talking it'd be about eight million to get this Ellis boy some winger. So it's okay, it's, it's obviously it's rumours, but you can only go by then and now and it's on the face of it looks like they've got to give Postagoglu the chance anyway and give him a good chance. So it's mm. it's, it's for me it's slightly exciting. Like like Ross said, I think the next sort of few week or so it will well, so it's got to be the next few weeks maybe, but I th- I think it'll be exciting to see who's coming in it it looks like we might be doing our business early, as opposed to obviously it dragging on and the stuff. If you consider if there's any truth in the the Hickey, the Rossier, and the Viskovich bids, if if they're all actually officially bids, it looks like we're actually trying to do business early, which is it's a promising sign, yeah. I guess. I mean, if if you add up them them reported bids anyway, that's already fourteen fifty million pounds. Are like to me and yeah, yeah. the back the back Celtic in terms of twenty million plus last season when we got all obviously. The famous transfer window, but we'll go into that. But again, as you said, it does look like on the face of it, they're kind of back in Postecoglou Ross, and the players are they're interested. I think this Fuskovic one, the most recent rumor, the five million pound bid that has split the team he plays for. Now I've seen a few tweets from a, a f- various different people down based in England, and they're saying that the the Christopher Iyer deal, the Norwich, is far down the line. So maybe they're going to be using some of that fund to bring in a defender for a direct replacement for Iyer. Who knows, obviously. And Francis made a great point. He said rumours, but Celtic fans have been living off rumours for this whole year. That's all we're really getting in terms of clarification. But in terms of incomings, you said you're excited. What kind of players in that list, and even the guys Francis mentioned, Ross, gets you, get, gets you ex- not, not excited, but a wee bit of curiosity they bought there about? Because obviously the likes of Moy, we've seen him in the Premier League and Charlie Wick, he scored like 30 plus goals for Sunderland, but for me, he wouldn't be the type of player I would say for Celtic. But is there any players that get you going? Um, again, a lot of the guys we've spoke about, I don't really know a hell of a lot about, but uh, I mean, this Valen- Valentin Rossi, uh, what I've read on him, uh, he seems to be well thought of, uh, and it's a position that we, we sort of need to fill. Uh, and Matt Ryan, uh, the goalkeeper, 
I mean, it could be Matt Ryan or Lee Ryan for Blue. It would still be better than, than Barca. So, Leave Barca, M- I know. MD would excite me. Um, but I, I, certainly, I, Matt Ryan, for me, does excite me, uh, regardless of what we've got at the club and a goalkeeping aspect the now. I think he would excite me anyway. Um, he's got good pedigree. He's played at a good level. Uh, and any time I've seen him, he's he's looked at, at like a decent keeper. Uh, try to think that this 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 is it Viscovic. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. I don't know a lot about him, but he's young. Uh, a five million pound price tag. I don't know how to look up on that. Is it too much for a guy his age, or is it? that much because he's such a good prospect or a good player the now. Uh, but again, it's a position that we need filling and probably need filling desperately at the moment uh, because, like, obviously Julian's not fit for the start of the season. Ayer looks to be going away, as you've touched on there, Stephen. Uh, so the only real recognised centre-half at the moment would be Welsh. So... Aye, that, that sort of excites me. Uh, I, I, I read a wee rumour, uh, I mean, again, rumours, don't know if that, how much truth that there is to it, but I read a wee rumour that Andros Townsend, uh, uh, I think I he's a... Not a chance. Uh, not a chance. Wait, I'd you wouldn't have him or you don't I'd think he him. would come? I would not have him anywhere near Celtic. Oh, well. oh really? How do I? Because, again, it's just... It annoys me that these players are like 29, 30. They've been let go by their club, think they can put the Scotland domain. If they really wanted would, the player, they would have came years ago to play for Celtic and then he'll be in his press conference if you ever, oh, I've always wanted to play up here for yeah, Celtic. I, nah. I, I know. I get that. I get that. You've got to get that, Bernie, but I think he could be a Scots English type player, to be honest. I, I think he, I think he, well, he doesn't play that position, but I understand what yeah. you're saying there, Franny, but uh, I, I think he, his career's no flailing. Uh, he's just uh-huh. let his contract run down at Palace, and I think he would do a very good job for Celtic. Uh, whether it would hurt him is a completely different story, but I think he's been quoted as saying that he would be open to coming north uh, if the opportunity arose. Uh, but again, it certainly would excite me. But I, there's there's going to be rumours flying about and. According to the price tags attached to some of these rumours, it would it would point to the fact that more Celtic fans have renewed their season tickets than we first thought. Because yeah. the other week they were telling us that they needed our money to buy all these players. Now they've, they've no got all that money, and all these rumours are flying about that they're going to be spending <laughs> fifteen in the region of fifteen twenty million. So what what, what are we believing here? <laughs> Again, as you say, it's it's rumours and. I mean, Townsend, for, I mean, it was a bit quick to jump the gun, but the reason why for me for Townsend, like, he hasn't really been a player that I've watched being like, wow, he's fantastic. I mean, Scott Sinclair had a few seasons at Sw- yeah. Swansea when he scored 25-plus goals under the, um, when Rodgers was manager, but Townsend wouldn't excite me one bit. I get, I get that he's coming from the Premier League, and obviously the standard of player is usually better down there, but he wouldn't excite me. And again, I've seen it as well. We might be linked with some... Like, Ecuador centre back. I can't remember his name, it escapes me, but he's like a, a, a standout player in the Copa America, which they've been recently com- competing in. Apparently, Celtic have been scouting him for a while as well. But as you say, guys, it's all rumours. And again, we're going to another section that includes rumours in here, say, but we'll have to go through it anyway because it's important because the incomings and outgoings, and that could be potential players leaving Celtic. Now, 
I did touch upon there that Christopher Iyer looks like he's going to be leaving, and it looks potentially that he's going to Norwich, according to a few journalists based down there, that it's kind of far down the line. The likes of Christie, <clears throat> he definitely wants away from Celtic. We know that. I don't think he's made any secret of it anyway. Edward, there's rumours that the deal claps to go to Leicester, but again, another European club could come in for him potentially any time. But again, there's also the fact that he's partly said he'd be happy to see down his contract, but then Celtic are going to lose money on that. So I don't know where you guys sit in that. And I'm going to throw a wee name into the mix here. Just due to his performances with Scotland at the Euros, especially when he played the two games, Colin McGregor, I thought especially against England, he was fantastic. His, his work when we been unnoticed, obviously due to the performance of Billy Gilmore. But again, he he done what he used to do at Celtic. He 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 gone unnoticed. Do you know what I mean? And then he scored the goal against uh, Croatia. Unfortunately, Scotland went out. But I mean, he's the type of guy for me that if we lost, it's it's literally square one in that midfield because he's the ball player, he's the ball carrier, he's the the common influence and then performances he put in for Scotland Francis were fantastic and it does kind of put the shitters up you that an English club or a European club would be looking at him doesn't it? Um, uh, yes and no because I mean there's no doubt maybe play, uh, teams will obviously watch the Euros and try and see if there's bargains out there players that can shine on the big stage if like and Callum McGregor certainly done that in the, the two games that he played but I think a wee telling thing that for me that McGregor's got to stay is the fact that he's been used in sort of promoting the new kits and the training gear. So for me, I think that's a sign that he's said he's committed to staying. Because I think you tend to find they don't necessarily use players for all all this kit launch and stuff like that if they're not going to be around. So I think, I mean, I might be just reading too much into it. I don't know. I just, I feel because he's been involved and that, that he's not going to leave. Edward, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed if he stayed, but it would only be it would only be if I knew he was going to give give you a hundred percent every week. It's no point him staying just in I know he had a great a great season in the sense of a uh, scoring last year, but I don't want that Edward for another season just because he can't get the move that he wants. So I, I think it would be in Celtics and Edward's possible best interest to try and make a deal happen. I mean, I was reading the reason it, it fell through was Celtic have put a tax on it or something because it's Brendan Rodgers, which is, if true, is just absolutely petty if we are going to just do that with Leicester just because of what happened to Brendan Rodgers. But, yeah, as for guys like, like obviously, Ayer looks like he's going, Oco Flex is away, Bio, I believe, has been quoted to saying that he doesn't want to come back. So, you know, also the lone guys that are away as well. Christie looks like he's got a yeah, So it's, it looks like a few that's... <laughs> I think there's a technically a starting eleven, maybe not from goalkeeper to striker, but I think there's about eleven boys if you just count it off the top of your head that are definitely got to, or highly likely got to be leaving. So I think it's got to be a wee bit of revolving door at Parkhead. Yeah, there's no really any. There's no really any shocks though, like that. No, no. That I think are leaving, do you know what I mean? Would sort of accepted it. Yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Like, well, guys like Ayer, Christian Ayer, eh, Edward, sorry. Are, are, kind of key players if you like so that's just what well, what's your really opinion like. Ross on the, the McGregor situation because again Francis made a great point there in regards to the kit launch and he was in, <coughs> in the photos and stuff but we don't know exactly what's going on in his head because he's been at Celtic for years and he's he's played well in the Euros by all accounts obviously Scotland exited the, the in the group stages but again he did he did play well and we don't know in his mind if he if, if he wants to try something different because he's at that age now where this is kind of the last opportunity for a move. 
And like in regards to the other players as well, as, as Francis said, Edward, Christie, Iyer, it's going to be a revolving door, and the incomings are only really going to be plugging the gaps that the outgoings are leaving, aren't they? Aye, I mean, as regards McGregor, uh, I, I totally agree with you. He was outstanding against England, and he had another pretty decent game uh, the other night against Croatia. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was teams snuffing about him. I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester was one of them because we all know what uh, Brendan Rodgers thinks of him. Yeah. Uh, whether we we just don't know if that's something that he would want to do, whether it's something that could happen. But for me personally, if McGregor was to leave Celtic, that would be probably the the one that I would be most probably the end of last season. I maybe yeah. wouldn't have said that. Uh, but now after the season Edward gave us last year, McGregor would be the one I'd be most upset leaving uh, Celtic. I think he would be now, not not the Scott Brownie old, but now I think he would be a bigger loss to Celtic at this current juncture than what Scott Brown is going to Aberdeen. I think it would be massive if we lost him, uh, mm-hmm. and not in a good way. Uh, I, I really, really don't want to lose McGregor because... He makes his tick, eh, and you need to sort of build what you're going to bring in around about him and possibly Turnbull. Eh, so I don't want to lose him. As regards Edward and Ayer, I think it, there's been an acceptance there for a very long time now. That they're both going to leave. Eh, so although it's not great, I've, I'm sort of over it, if you like. Eh, mm-hmm. And Cham's away. I mean, he's been away for a wee while. Uh, even when he was at Celtic, he was away. <laughs> uh, he's he's some unpredictable. But, I mean, in the end, it's right for him to go. I hope he had the time of his life, but good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> uh, Christy. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Ross. I was just going to touch on Christy. I think... Uh, we all realise and know that his head's been turned. Uh, I would like to keep him, uh, but by the same token, if he went for decent money, I wouldn't be too upset. But again, it depends on who we bring in to replace these guys. Uh, it's again, like we keep saying, it's all rumours, it's all conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've also heard. Well, with Oco Flex, I think that was confirmed. He went the day. Is that so, right? So. And then we've we've heard rumours about that. Is it Leo Hilda? Uh, yeah. I mean, th- these young guys. We had a bit of a debate <laughs> uh, in the group chat the other day. But I mean, <laughs> these. The, the, oh, no, eh? <laughs> these. I mean, they they could have potential guys like this and turn out to be good players. But on the other hand, like it, it might just might just be decided that they're only going to make the grade so just move them on it's it, it grinds me a wee bit sometimes that some people just automatically assume if a young player leaves then it's that's always Celtic's loss no every single young player has potential to be good enough to get in our team there could be a number of reasons why it's why it's no Celtic's loss eh, that they're moving on 
Well, I think I think <coughs> John's currently if he, if he's going to listen, there's going to be dodging them bullets after after that chat. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I do have to say with John a wee bit in this because you, you know what the youth side of things, the Celtic, I'm I'm well invested in. I, yeah. I love learning about yeah. it, the players and stuff, and I could understand maybe if they weren't going to make the grade and went to like a lesser type of club. I mean, the the, the rumors are Leeds and West Ham and. Leeds are off the back of a fantastic season, so is West Ham in the Premier League. So it's not as, as if they're leaving Celtic going to like a League One or League Two club. They're still going to a decent sized club. Do you know what I mean? I think we'll have to be a kind of a word at the pathway from the youth, especially the last two or three seasons, apart from Welsh, maybe, isn't really there. And the, the players are probably looking for moves themselves. And Ogle Flex, he's English and he probably has contacts down there and he got into the West Ham. And I was. I mean, there's a lot of divided opinion on him because he only really got, what, 60 minutes, I think it was. Yeah, so we don't really know what these guys are like. But again, Ross, I do understand where you're coming from. And what's coming up quickly for that? Go ahead, Ross. No, I was just going to say, but obviously you said there, like, that you don't feel like sometimes there's a pathway for them. But then every single guest that we've had on that has been part of the youth set up at Celtic have all alluded to the fact that there has been a path. Uh, I mean, sometimes for me, it's simply that they're they're not good enough. Uh, I, I mean, hindsight, we've touched on it as as it's great. Like we realise that we've let guys like uh, Andy Robertson, Shea Given, and stuff go. But at the time, you don't you don't know how they're going to turn out. And then years down the line when they've had a good career it's, I, I just don't agree with you, you should bash Celtic then for letting them go because nobody knew how they were going to turn out some some guys are late developers this Shelda might be a great player but he might not be like he, he went, he was at Ross County there he never exactly lit it up last year uh, so he could be a late developer I know that there's a lot of people John Hughes said a quite bizarre thing about him comparing <laughs> him to Virgil van Dijk, but uh, I mean, I, I can see it from your point of view, but sometimes I just think the minute a young player leaves Celtic, people just want to like bash Celtic and say, that's another uh, great prospect away, when actually you don't know if he's a good prospect or no, because he's had like limited minutes. That could be because there isn't a pathway Personally, I believe there is, and if you're good enough, you, you'll make it. Uh, but aye, no, I, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. I think there's both sides to every argument, isn't there? Really, and you can yeah. see the call, you can see the positives, the cons from each side. I mean, I'm on the youth side of things. So I just want to see, especially now this rebuild, people be given the chance. And obviously, likes of Hielda, maybe too young. Uncle Flex could have had a maybe a go with the, the first team because he's like nineteen twenty. Hielda's still only seventeen. And then you have to look at the, the likes of Carmel Dembele as well Dembele as well. Hopefully I do hope he gets a chance because when he came on the last couple of games of the season there, he scored one and he, he did look good in the games. But moving on from the outgoings, <clears throat> what's coming up pretty quickly for Celtic is the pre-season and they'll be on their way to Wales soon for their pre-season training camp. And there's some games in there. Celtic feeds Sheffield Wednesday, Chartland feeds Celtic, Bristol City feeds Celtic, and Celtic feed Preston when Scott Sinclair come back come, comes back to Celtic Park after leaving. But Coming to yourself, Francis, <clears throat> when the Postacoglu video went out on the Instagram story, he went into the canteen, and the f- first people that I seen anyway on the video was John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, I was about to say Gordon Strachan, Gavin Strachan <laughs> sitting down, and they both stood up, fist pumped, and then that was it. Does that indicate to you that these guys are in it for the long haul with Postacoglu? 
Uh, I, th- I think so, but for me, in regard, I've, I, I hope no. <clears throat> I, I, I really hope, but as we have touched on, there could there could be roles within Celtic for them. I just I hope it's not as prominent a role. If you like, I think Postecoglou needs to be given, like we say, with the the playing the players to bring in and who he potentially wants to leave the club. He should have like the the say on that, and I think he needs to have the say. And obviously the, his backroom staff. I don't. I'm hoping he's not going to do like any Lennon and accept what is given him and almost like appreciate to be given the chance to be Celtic Celtic manager. Like, but like I read a thing. Obviously, like I think it was uh, a boy Aloise. Uh, he's moved agents to the same agent as uh, Postecoglou and has oh, spoke yes, about yeah, trying yeah. to spoke about trying to maybe come in as some sort of backroom staff. And so maybe it's just. It's just taking a wee bit of time to get the guys in that he wants and stuff. That's kind of my hope. And I just think when it's his first big job in Europe, first real job in Europe, if you take away the, the Greek thing that he had for six months and to come halfway across the world, and stuff, I would, I'd be amazed if he didn't have his own backroom stuff. Like even, I'm not saying to bring six, seven boys in, but at least two or three possibly bring his own guys and just have Gavin Strachan and... Kenny there, maybe just saying, look, this is we're not doing it the way we used to. We're doing it. This is my way. I want you to do this. This is instructions. Because he could. There's no reason why he can't be given name instructions for them to then obviously pass it on in the training field if you like. So I'd be amazed if he doesn't bring in his own staff, and especially just when you hear some of the the names that were rumored to sign, and like when you can like the the transfer. I feel like if the board are giving him that kind of money or that kind of backing. Surely they've got to do that with the the backroom staff. They're willing to say, "Look, right, well, you get your guys on you. It's you fall on your sword if you like." So ho- hopefully, it brings his own guys in. But yeah, it was it was a wee bit worrying seeing the like seeing the two. But again, sort of it to be expected in the fact that they cause obviously his quarantine and stuff and having to the deal maybe taking longer than they thought. Uh, some guys were obviously back training early, so somebody had to be there to do it. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, when I seen them, I felt a wee bit of anger come out of me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just, just looking at it, it was like, do you ever see when a camera goes to someone and they don't expect it? That's what Gavin Strachan faces look like to me. It's like, <laughs> is, it, is it us? Is it us now? Is it our turn to stand up? Are we, are we I, own? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't. The role for them, for me, if there is a role, would be the, the Celtic B team, which are going to be competing in the Lowland League. Uh, obviously they've been accepted entry and stuff so that would be like a role maybe they could take up I, I just Ross I don't want them involved with the first team that might be me just coming out just being I don't know I can't say harsh because they were a part of the, the thing that happened last season with Neil Lennon that they're, they're guilty by association and usually when a manager leaves the backroom staff go as well out of loyalty but obviously they didn't have no loyalty towards Neil Lennon in the end but what was your overall take of the, the whole Gavin Strachan John Kennedy thing I mean, in any interview Postacoglu's given to Celtic TV or Jerry McCulloch, whoever's interviewing him at the time, he always alludes to the fact that the staff are doing a great job. Now, I'm only assuming that includes them too, surely, doesn't it? You would think so, aye. But I, I think he has to say that. He's got to, like, sort of, like, get on side with people, if you like, eh, and just keep keep the, the, the morale high. You know what? I come in and know, thank people for like basically 
carrying the can at the moment uh, until he's allowed to get to work properly, which he obviously is now. But, uh, I mean, I think, I've, I've touched on it before, I wouldn't be adverse to Kennedy in some sort of role uh, within the club, even like uh, like one down for the assistant manager, if you like. Uh, but uh, as regards striking, I, I really don't know what he does. It, like, it, it, he's the most. I, I, I don't like to be like horrible or that, but he's the most in in sort of what he brings to Celtic, not as a personal level, but he's the most pointless guy ever. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even get angry about it anymore. It's it's just baffling. Like. I think I think what he does now. I think he plays solitaire on that laptop. <laughs> him and Kennedy and Lennon were using the card formations to set the team up last season. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. He just he brings nothing to the table as regards Celtic. Uh, Postecoglou, as regards his backroom team, I think he, he probably has to. I would be surprised, like Franny says, if he didn't bring one or two of his own trusted guys in. Um, when that'll happen, I don't know, but hopefully, that if it's just one guy, hopefully that guy is a tactical genius, but really clumsy, and he accidentally, on purpose, breaks that bloody laptop. <laughs> it's, 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 I just don't see a place for Gavin Strachan at Celtic at all. No, even, like, I, I, I get what you're saying about the B team, but no, even there. Just, I didn't want him at the club. I just don't yeah. want him there. It's like you said in a previous show, Ross, it's like, no other top team. You don't seem to say any other top team summed in the bench sitting there with a laptop. Aye, it's like, what, what is even, what's uh-huh. going on? Quick now, there's a Tesco delivery slot at one o'clock. <laughs> 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 no, it's like, as you said, Ross, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to be harsh and be bad to the guy, but in terms of a coaching capacity, he is pretty pointless because he offered literally nothing. And I remember watching his interview when he first came in the cell. He knew to do like the introduction and stuff. And even then, I was like, this guy's a load of shite. It just hit me in the face. I was like, this guy's shite. He didn't inspire me at all. He just one-tone guy, do you know what I mean? But the thing that... <laughs> That goes on notice as well in regards to back back room. And before we move on, do you remember the the Kevin Muscat rumor? Yeah, him coming in. Funny enough, he's replacing Postacoglu and at Yokohama <laughs> Minaros. It's funny how these oh, rumors yeah. turn, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he he was meant to be linked to the assistant job. Like what? So you don't know what to believe. And I mean, another thing that goes on notice again, we were we were touching upon incomings at the moment with no head of recruitment, with no director of football, with no chief scout because they've all left positions. And the mess of the grin in terms of kind of internal, not the manager because that's been sorted with Postacoglu, but the rest of it, Francis, is quite striking, isn't it, when you really look into the game? I mean, this Postacoglu thing on the face of it is kind of dampened down everyone, kind of, where's the head of the recruitment, where's the director of football, because that talk's kind of died down. But it can't go unnoticed that the backroom, in terms of the upper kind of the backroom staff, yeah. hasn't been sorted yet. No, I totally get like. The head of recruitment one is one, or like, well, we'll just call it head of recruitment because obviously you get different type of sort of guys involved in the scouting. But this, mm. the head of recruitment and scouting side is the bit that we concern me most. The director of football, not so much. I know it's kind of the modern way in the European way, but Celtic have 
I mean, they've not they've not come out and said a lot official to be fair, but they've never actually said that's the model they were going for. It just it seemed the rumours again stuff that it just seemed that was the way they were going. So to the extent I'm not too first, I, I mean, I would like us to potentially get a director of football. Just simply, football's too big now for just to have your Alex Ferguson's or Arsene Wenger's where they they managed to control such a big club from top to bottom. So I think he needs help in there. So. I would be I would be more concentrating trying to get obviously uh, the recruitment and scouting side sorted first because at the end of the day that's that's where you find all the all the stars if you like and get your signings done then the director of football maybe can sort of take a wee back it doesn't need to be rushed through as much really I guess yeah. I mean, you almost get the feeling that the only way to do the, the, introduce them to all the staff that walking around Celtic Park or Ellingstown are like, right, this is Karen, the secretary. This is George, the guy who does the ground. And then they go into the, the scouting room. It's empty. There's chairs. There's curtains, <laughs> the light, and he walks over. They're like, in the filing cabinet there, you'll find some names. We'll go off them names for now. <laughs> that, that's the way it feels, Ross, doesn't it? Because there's, there's still so many jigsaw pieces that Celtic need to fill. Aye, there is a. An, a I basically fully agree with everything that Franny has just uh, said there. Um, I think that, I'm just going to echo it, that I think that Celtic have operated uh, for long enough now without a director of football. So the manager's in and he can be working and doing like how we've always worked, if you like. Uh, and as Franny says, we've never actually confirmed that that's going to be the model. But first and foremost, we need to get ahead of recruitment get the scouting uh, system. I mean, we've obviously still got scouts in there. Uh, uh, we need to get that up and running again. Uh, it would be great to have a man like John Park there. The, the things he's done, uh, yes. uh, the players he brought in to Celtic, uh, it would be phenomenal to have him there. Uh, I think he's going to there is for the outside looking in it doesn't it, it's far from ideal but we just need to try and look forward now uh, we've got a new manager a new CEO there's going to be a freshening up of the squad albeit in a small window but there will be some new hungry players a hungry manager there'll be a fresh start in the new season so I don't I was going to say let's sort of ditch the negativity but it's not really I can see where why we're talking about this. Uh, because that there is pieces still to be placed in the jigsaw. Uh, but just let the guys start doing their work and gauge uh, the mess by at least the first leg of the qualifier, but more importantly, gauge it where we are as a squad when the window closes. Uh, and hopefully by that time we'll we'll have most of the pieces of the squad, the ins and outs. There'll be no, like, hopefully the most of the uncertainty will be away and if we can have a heady recruitment in by then, great. If we've got a, a director of football, even better. But if we have not, it's not the end of the world. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a point that can't be ignored. For the main, for the main fact is for a football club to operate, they need the positions filled, and I do get what you're yeah. saying about the. Dra- I, I do uh, get what you're saying. I, I know. About, I get about the director of football and the head of recruitment, but again, 
the director of football role, especially for Postacoglu, I mean, Celtic have alluded to it in the past, and it's widely reported that they're trying to source a director of football, regardless of what name that could be. It is important because, as Francis said, Postacoglu needs all the help he can get, and he needs the, he needs the scope to bring in his own guys as well. And the head of recruitment, you need that that in place for the scouting network to work and the players to come in and players to be put to the manager. The manager gives a say, so yes or no. And one of the names that was linked a week ago, five days ago, to the director of football road was Gordon Strachan. Obviously, since then, it's been denied, but it was leaked to various newspapers that this was the favourite, this was the hit, nailed on favourite, the Strachan was going to come in. Coming to yourself, Francis, first. Now, it's almost like, again, we'll always go back to it. Celtic are a friends act for certain people. There's like jobs for them, no matter what, no matter what situation Celtic find themselves in, they can give a job to a certain guy. And Gordon Strachan, for me, he was a good manager. He won leagues and stuff with Celtic. And to be fair, he was successful. And uh, the last 16, the, 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 getting out of the group stage of the Champions League as well, he'd done that. But do you not think Gordon Strachan times past Celtic? Well, Yes and no. I mean, we're not looking to bring him back as manager, so it's not. I wouldn't say it's past. I still think Gordon Strachan's got stuff to give to football, and I, I like he was really, really successful at Celtic. He knows the club, knows what it means, knows the Scottish game. But by accounts I read as well, like obviously I read the rumor that we'd approached him, but I read the the reports that I was reading, he was going to come in and do the exact same job that he's currently employed to do at Dundee. Now, at Dundee, he's currently just part-time. I believe if he came to Celtic, the role would probably change to full-time, but it potentially could still be a part-time role because obviously he does the media stuff, so maybe that's one of the reasons he's still part-time. But his role at, at Dundee, it's like technical director, and really what he's doing is he's looking over the youth, set up and getting all that sorted for Dundee, and then he, he works with the academy. So... Again, I have no problem if that is what he's got to come to Celtic. I've I've no real issue with that because then it's another sort of a another sort of jigsaw piece, if you like, in this whole whole backroom stuff. And without like, I think the more sort of bodies you can maybe get in to help, it takes the workload off. So without actually just getting tons of tons of guys in and that, but I think if you can try and get like a technical director in. For I would say like Gordon Strachan saying, but you're looking after the academy set up. You'll obviously report to the head of the academy. He'll report to you. You look up at the youth set up, and then you then go to like the director of football. Just maybe putting, giving specialised roles without actually having too many cooks and all that. I feel like, mm. but so I mean, sorry. I think I think there might be an issue. Francis does come back to you on that point you made that recently there in an interview when this, the Celtic season, possibly towards the end of the season, was going tits up, that he mm. said the Celtic fans don't need to know anything from the board. Now, for me, that kind of angers me a bit, because if he comes in, and yes, he was successful as a manager, he was fantastic, I mean, some cracking players as well back then, but looking at it from the comments he made recently, is it a good? would it be a good move? I, I get what you're saying in terms of bodies coming in, and he knows the club already, he, he does a technical director role at Dundee, in terms of looking over their youth academy setup, but again, doesn't that go back to the thing, Francis, where it's like jobs for life, like like Sir Kennedy and your man Gavin Strachan, yeah. who shouldn't even be there? Yeah, I mean that would be one downside. I can't see got uh, Gavin Strachan leaving if Godlin comes on. It would be a wee bit awkward <laughs> at Christmas dinner, I think. So, uh, I I get what you're saying, Steve. It's just I always kind of rated Gordon Strachan before he came to Celtic. Then once he was in, and I mean uh, his comments, like you say. 
that comment wasn't great, but it was it was kind of known for doing that because I'm sure one even when he was manager, it was obviously things weren't working at times, and we were all crying out play Riard and and all this, and it was it pretty much said fans don't know and about football and stuff. So he's it has got that we we bit in him that he'll he'll bite back if you like when and maybe defend like defend himself and maybe say the wrong thing at the wrong time if you like. So. I I would like to go with some someone else, maybe slightly younger, with maybe fresher ideas and stuff. But I wouldn't be opposed, in the sense of Gordon Strachan coming back and doing the role he's doing at Dundee. Mm-hmm. At Dundee. But as a director of football, no, because I think that would be an issue in the sense it would be the whole friends act for me. I think it's more because obviously the director of football is kind of sort of a go between, if you like, and. He might side more with the board, I feel like, because obviously he seems to have a good relationship with them. So, but if he's doing with the sort of the youth setup, I think it's, it's I'm okay with that side of it. But like I say, it's it means Gavin's hanging about in it. <laughs> what about yourself, Ross? What, what's your opinion on the the, the Gordon Strachan, Gavin Strachan type of thing? Um, I mean, if as regards Strachan coming in as possible director of football, uh, I sort of alluded to it on Twitter. Uh, I think it was last week you'd put a post about it or last <laughs> week. But it, it, it seems like we're like the same as our manager, we're getting further away for our first choice for that position for whatever reason. I, I said on Twitter, it's like we ordered the Chinese, waited two hours for it to arrive, and when it did, they sent the wrong thing. But you, you didn't complain because you couldn't <laughs> wait any longer. So you just prayed that what they sent turned out to be quite good. But I mean, Joking and, and analogies aside, if it is Stratton, then on paper it doesn't look great and you'd, you'd prefer someone who's worked in that role before to come in. But we really don't know Stratton's capabilities in doing that, in doing it either, like that role. He, he may have experience in doing that role even though he hasn't worked under that title before. We as fans, we just, we really don't know the answer to that. We can only speculate, but I think I speak for us all here. If if indeed it is Stratton, then like the manager, he'll receive my full batting yeah. until such times he gives me a reason not to. But I wouldn't say you're speaking for us all here, Ross. Now, what's your what's your words? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I can speak for us all that if he has brought in then surely you would you would receive your full back until such times he gives you a reason not to back him. No, I, no I, get what, I, I get what you're saying, yes, if he comes in in that role, you will have to get behind him, of course, whoever's involved with Celtic in terms of the coaching side of things, higher up as well, you have to get behind him, that's fair enough, but I hate, I, I don't like when Celtic just go back into the past and pick names again that's been involved with Celtic and bring them in because they know the club or know the city, that shouldn't be how things should be done at a modern-day progressive football club. And Dominic yeah. Mackay, for me, he, every time he's speaking, he speaks about modernising Celtic from top to bottom. Bringing Strachan in is just going back to the past again. That For me, uh, that can't happen. Well, as it would be if you're bringing him back as manager. You're bringing him back in a different role and maybe giving him a different task. I mean, if you don't like going back to the future, you'll not like me suggesting I think we should go and get Yoga Hughes in some sort of coaching capacity, with possibly with the youth. I think he... Like, He's always worked on a tight budget and stuff, and helps you. So I, th- I think he would be uh, be a wise move to bring him in in some sort of some sort of coaching capacity within the youth setup. I think he's got a lot to offer at football. 
I get the Yogi Hughes. I, I do get the John Hughes one because I can see him part maybe being the manager of the B team. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I certainly. I, I, I. Yeah, but and by the way, yeah. I, 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 I totally, I, I fully agree with you. What you're saying, Stephen. I'm not saying that I want Gordon Strachan. I'm I just saying that if if he is, like we don't know if he's ever, like he must have some experience of working alongside somebody like that. He's maybe never worked under that title before, like I've said, but. And I'm not saying for a second that I want him as the director of football. If we're going to get a director of football, I would like a guy that's got experience and has worked under that title and is possibly a bit younger. And that's no disrespect to Strachan. I I don't want Celtic to go back and bring guys like Strachan back. And I understand what Franny's saying, that he's not coming back into Celtic in the same role as previously. But it's, it's it's still the same guy, the same body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same ideas and stuff like that and yeah. he's been the Celtic manager as well so is he going to get maybe carried away with himself and medal a wee bit in Postacoglu's position you just don't know uh, there's pros and cons to almost everything and there is uh, yeah uh, there is this is what this is what creates debate uh, this is but, this is what, this is what Celtic do to their fan base doesn't divide them <laughs> <laughs> and every opportunity. I mean, one thing we have seen in the last week is contracts and stuff being discussed, extensions for certain players. And although not confirmed by official club channels, it is widely reported that Anthony Ralston has been given that one-year extension to his current deal at Celtic Park. Now, for me, that that was the wrong move. Anthony Ralston, he's 22 now. He's never really made the grade at Celtic. He's had a few low moves in, in the SPL with certain clubs. And by all accounts, he hasn't really let it hang up there. The other guy coming into the equation is Lee Griffiths. There's many people saying that he should be just given the one-year extension in terms of triggering it for him to stay on the year of Celtic. Again, I'm on the side that I don't want them at Celtic. That's no slight to what Lee Griffiths has done for Celtic in the past again. For me, it's time for Celtic to cut ties with Lee Griffiths. It's just, he just hasn't been available or he hasn't been himself in three or four years now. And I don't think we can depend on him anymore, which is quite unfortunate because we all know how good a finisher he could be. But coming to yourself, Ross, first in this one. Now, Ralston getting a new contract. As you said, there's a report that we've made a bid for, sorry, Francis said for that right back from, who was Besiktas, but he's on loan at Besiktas from Sporting yeah. Lisbon, Rossier. Now, what I can maybe see happening here is Celtic spending a wee bit big on first choice players and plugging the gaps if there's sec- second, third choices with youth players. And maybe that's where they're coming from with the Ralston kind of contract. But what's your opinion on this? Because me for for me, Posta Cogley wouldn't have had enough time to make his mind up in Ralston if he wanted wanted him to stay on. It seems like someone's make, still making these decisions above his head. Um, I the sort I would agree with that that he's probably not had enough time to judge uh, whether he's worthy of a new contract. I, I personally, I can see why. I don't think it's been Posta Cogley's decision, but I can see why Celtic have given Ralston a new contract. Is I mean, given. He's currently the only recognised right back at the club just now. It would probably be a risk to let him go. Uh, I mean, not as big a risk as going into the season with him as our first choice right back, <laughs> but a risk nonetheless. Uh, I think if circumstances were different at this this moment right now, then you would let him go because for me, and I've said it for years, he's, he's absolutely nowhere near good enough for Celtic. But it might be that, it could be that we only get one right back in because we've got such a, 
a small window to get guys like in and out. Uh, so if we only get one right back in, if it is this Rossi or however you say it, then they need they need somebody to, to back him up. He, he's not a great backup, but they need somebody else there. And I get what you're saying, plug the gaps. But maybe it is plug the gap now because it's took so long to get the manager over the line. We've got such a wee window. There's going to be a big turnaround of players and it's not all going to happen. It just can't happen in the one window. So that this maybe is plugging the gap just for a wee while uh, until we get a better backup in. Uh, but I, I, it wouldn't be my choice, but I can see to an extent why. I think it's a year they've given him, is that right? Ah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that sort of alludes to a year, sort of alludes to the, the plug in the plug gap. The gaff, uh, for, just to, for the time being, uh, I, I don't think anybody at Celtic thinks that Anthony Nelson's going to be uh, part of the, the, the team going forward. I just think, as you say, Stephen, it's plugging the gap, but it's, I understand why they're plugging the gap at this moment. Um, what, about, what about the Griffith situation? I, I I mean, on the evidence, I've talked about Griffiths on this podcast, the guys come home, but uh, I mean, on the evidence, say the, the, the past two years, he doesn't deserve a new deal. A new deal. Absolutely not. But that said, because he want to know what he's capable of and where we are likely to be in terms of personnel, eh, certainly in forward areas, then I think it's a no-brainer to give him a new deal. Eh, in the last few weeks, I mean, we've probably, you could say we've seen it before, but it's, you have to just say what you're seeing, if you like. And In the last few weeks, he looks to be getting his head down and putting in the work, and he seems to be a better good mindset and some of the recent interviews I've seen him doing obviously he's done the thing with Lennon and said that he he felt he was fit and stuff like that we, again we don't know but the signs are good and, yeah. and given the chance he, he could be like if he, if he takes it and he's given the chance he could be like a new signing many times have I heard that about Griffiths he I could know, be like a new signing I know I know I hate, I, like, I just, he's he's such a good finisher and he's he's done so well at Celtic and he, he, he gets it, he gets what it's about that I just, I'm loath to say I just cut ties with him because who have we got right now that, that's as good a finisher as him? Oh, no, well, not as good a finisher, but I mean, I thought you meant striker-wise. Oh, no, I... Okay. Aye, but aye, who who have we got if we let him go? Because Edward's more than likely going to go. So mm-hmm. then we're left with only a Yeti. Bio is probably I think going. I think he said he doesn't want to come back. So. Aye, and even if he did come back, he, he'd be as well not being there because he's not good enough. So it's it's a catch twenty two. I I would I would give him a, on the evidence what I've seen in the last few weeks. I would I would give Griffiths certainly a one year deal. And see, see if he's going to get his head down and get back to what we know he can be. And if he fades away or falls by the wayside again, then just probably one last chance is what I'm saying. Give him a year to try and prove himself and show us what he, we know he's capable of, and then go for there. I mean, and it, I gives you, it gives you a window. Sorry, Stephen. It yeah. gives you a window. Then if you can't get the striker you want, 
in this window to come in, it's, it gives you that window or sort of grace eh, to try and get somebody whilst hopefully you've got a fire on all cylinders, Lee Griffiths banging goals in for you. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I'm leaning towards the side of the fan base that are saying, look, he had that good season five years back on the Ronnie Delia. Since then, it's been stop and start, and he's never really been first choice striker at Celtic. And yes, it's because he hasn't deserved to be. So, I mean, we've had the likes of Dembele, Edward, and stuff at Celtic at that time. Edward's still there, of course, at the moment. But, I mean, Francis, in terms of the Ralston and, and the Griffith side of things, do you think it's the case if, if they do trigger the Griffiths option? That it is plugging the gaps, but again, it's a it's like a catch twenty two, isn't it? Because you don't want to be handing contracts to players that you can't rely on, and it's like Griffiths and on the scale, does it outweigh what he's done for selling to what he's not been available for? Do, do you know what I'm trying to get at? What, what's yeah, your opinion? Well, to start with, Ralston, it's how Ross feels about Barkas is how I feel about Ralston. I just <laughs> guy will so never, have, <laughs> never ever do it. Like, see, like. I was I never really rated him, but when I just lost it when was I think we we're getting beat five or six nil at the time against PSG and he's laughing at Neymar on the ground. I'm like, mate, we're getting scudded five nil. Neymar's been taking it to the cleaners all game and you think it's alright to laugh at him. I'm like, just levels to it and that it's I, the guy will just never ever do for me. But I get I think Ross makes good points and like you've touched it, it maybe as just plugging the gaps because we're led to leave obviously it is going to be a big rebuild and like Ross said, you're not going to do that in one window. So, but being just a one-year contract that obviously alludes to that, that I'm maybe going to just try and spend big or get our first guy, our first team sort of guys in, then maybe touch on some, like keep some youth players or guys like Ralston in to plug the gaps if when these guys need a wee rest or are aren't fit. But uh, as for Griffiths, um. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because, like as I've said, it's on the evidence. Uh, if he's playing and stuff, he, he doesn't deserve another year. But where we are, it's I think it's a no. Like Ross said, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I believe again, we're well, going on rumours that it would be on reduced terms and potentially like performance-based contracts. So it's maybe a a win, a, a, a kind of win-win for Celtic because they're not paying him as much. To maybe in in case it it does fall off the wagon a wee bit, maybe the wrong term to use when he's had mental health issues. But maybe if he doesn't uh, perform again, I should have said um, that they're not necessarily financially committed as much as to what he was he was normally on. So it's it's maybe if you put I'm on reduced terms, but say look, we'll be bumping up performance. It's you're then putting you're properly putting onus on Griffiths to say look. You you'll be people will know now why you're not playing. If you're not playing, it's it, it could be simply because the striker have got the times on fire or whatever. But it could it, it shows that that we're saying if you're really serious about this, well there will be bonuses in it for you. So I think the the terms of uh, Griffith's contract could be a big factor. I get what you're saying, Stephen. Like I think I've even said uh, maybe months ago when it was brought up before that I I wouldn't just because it was. How many? How many? One more chances do you, do you give a guy? But yeah. it, it, I think at that time we weren't really, we didn't see this happening. Like the, the sort of mess we we're in. So I would give him this one more chance, but I would have a, a tailored contract on 
like performance based, so it'd be like appearances and things like that. It would the contract would be bumped up per appearance and stuff. So it's it's really putting the the onus on Griffiths to to keep his head in the right place and focus and stuff. Because like you guys say, it's you've got a fat Lee Griffiths. You're you're likely to get twenty goals a season out of him. You just you can't you can't buy that for maybe five to ten grand a week. To be fair. Well, I mean, it'll be hard for him to get in the team when Bio's smashing 20-plus goals in next season, Ross. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but, see, see if Celtic give... Sorry. If Celtic offer Lee Griffiths, like Franny, sorry, a lady to there, a contract that is, like, lower risk for Celtic, if you like, but with incentives for Lee Griffiths, if he does well, that it could be added to it, like bonuses, then that, I think that could work perfect for both parties and it would as Franny sort of alluded to it would show you if Griffiths is want to do it because he's got that incentive to get a goal bonus or whatever eh, or maybe like uh, appearances if he gets a certain amount of appearances in the season then he gets a bonus, do you know what I mean? Things like that just uh, to give him an incentive but it's a lower risk contract for Celtic uh-huh. if he falls by the wayside again I mean, I get what your guys are saying, but just being blunt, it's it's still a no for me. I, I just don't, I don't think he, he merits it. I really don't. And football's a business. I, it's a is that, business. I, I totally get. I don't think he merits it. But so I just are, to, I totally contradict myself. I, I'm totally contradicting myself on him because I don't think he merits it. But I would give him one. But see if Celtic oh. were in a, a a stronger position in terms of who they had in the. I, I like, think that's what I'm basing for my forward position. You would just say, "Aye, just just let him go because we've uh, got enough enough here, but we've not got enough there." Uh, that's but simply that, what I'm basing like my, just my opinion go. on aye. this as well. Same as me, aye. Well, I mean, one person who thinks that he's basically lost his touch is ex-manager Neil Lennon, oh. and he's basically come out and said that he's lost his yard of pace, that he was a stone overweight, that he didn't train at Lennox Town once during the lockdown as well. He was quoted as saying, and it seems like. Since Lenny's left Celtic, it's been just non-stop attacking players or attacking the fans or just saying something, just like, come on, Neil, just move on, let it go. Do you know what I mean? Because there has to be a point where it has to be like, like look, we get you to angry about last season. We all are. Just move on. But he, every other Sunday night, because he does that column for the, the Sunday Times or something new coming out, or if it's on that BBC, BBC Breakfast Euro show, He's sitting talking about it as well. It's it's just a bit mental at the minute. And he was quite adamant, Francis, that Lee Griffiths just doesn't have it no more. And I mean, yes, I just said there that he doesn't deserve a new contract and he hasn't murdered it or anything. But surely coming from an ex-manager who's trying to get himself back up in the game again for a potential a job somewhere in Europe or in England or in Scotland again, that's not a good move, is it? No, it's like... I believe like Neil Lennon sort of signed up with some media firm, but I mean I, they must all be run by Rangers fans because I think that they pass out the guy with yes. some of his interviews and that it's it's better. Like to like to touch on his Griffiths comments. Oh, I mean, why would you come out and say that about the guy? You just need you, you maybe just need. To, I I don't know how true Neil Lennon could be exaggerating that. I said earlier on the chat, I think between Griffiths' comments and Lennon's comments, I think somewhere in the middle will be the truth between it. I think he probably yeah. did return unfit. He has he has been known to sort of a... It's the type of guy he is. It's just he probably enjoys the off-season, if you like, but 
it tends to always get yourself fat at the start of the season. So it was just maybe it's just maybe uh, Griffiths' nature. But I don't I don't understand why Lennon needs to come out it again. I don't understand why Griff Griffiths comes out and says it, but he's maybe he's technically as defending himself because obviously he was getting told everybody believed that he wasn't fat and stuff and we were all just hearing from one side. So obviously Griffiths coming out to defend himself. Lennon naturally has got to come and defend himself. Like say somewhere in the middle is going to be the truth. But yeah, it's just Lennon just I hope like I've said before, I hope somewhere down the line he realises and we're not saying all of that season was his fault. It's it wasn't, it was it's a collective, but he's always wanted like he's just deflecting everything away, he's taking zero blaming almost blaming everyone else, but then he's what to take the plaudits for well he mentioned it himself, Barcelona, Lazio. it's like so he was the only reason we won these two games. Yeah. I mean you can't you can't sort of distance yourself with bad things and not want to take the blame for that, but only take the blame like take the credit and plaudits like it was due with the sole purpose for when good things were happening. So it's just yeah, it's strange, strange interviews for a guy that like I'll always adore. I'll always learn for for what he gave to Celtic and his relationship to Celtic, it's it's strange, strange interviews he's given. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. He's always going to be a Celtic legend, but at the end of the day, there has to come a point where someone taps him on the shoulder, being like, "Look, you've got to stop these constant attacks." Because you look the way that support have turned to the likes of Charlie Nicholas, uh, Andy Walker, and even Chris mm-hmm. Commons to a certain extent, because yeah. he he was giving Celtic dogs abuse at one point, and the Celtic fans weren't short and let him know what the fuck. And Ross. He also mentioned the word deflection, that Lee Griffiths was trying to deflect away from his own personal responsibility in terms of getting fit. I'm actually glad Francis brought that word up. And for me, at the moment, Lennon is the master of deflection. And he also mentioned about Edward as well, that he wasn't interested all season, but yet, he, yet again, he still picked him while having yeah, Kamala, and, <laughs> Kamala <laughs> and a Yeti Ross. So what, what do you think he's trying to achieve here? God only knows. Uh, I really don't know. It's It's... It's getting embarrassing, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I, I sort of get why he's come out and defended his cell off the back of, like, what Lee Griffiths had been saying. But, I mean, it's, it, like, I get why he, he done it. But, again, like you said, he, he's maybe wanting to get a job again at some point. And that's just not a good look to be no. having tit for tat with players that you used to manage. It's... it's it's just doesn't work, but I mean, everything else he's been quoted as saying, like in the last few weeks about Celtic and about the fans and stuff like that. Just let it go, Neil. It's like he's he's now starting to sound like a wee scammy bird on Facebook that can't he let a Rex go, and he <laughs> keeps keeps saying their dirty washing and bitterness towards the whole situation for all and sundry to see. It's like, <laughs> like he, he loves the club as we do. He's gutted as we are that in the end it didn't work out. And believe me, we all wanted it to. Like, mm. we did. But, I mean, he's tried his absolute best, but he came up short. But he, he still had my respect. But we each tirade towards us as fans and all the excuses, everyone else's fault, bar, bar his that respect is slowly diminishing. He'll always be a legend in my eyes and I'll love him, but the respect that I have for him has just diminished slightly by all this fiasco. Just just be proud of what, 
what you achieved. Mm-hmm. It was mostly pretty special. And just go quietly with your head held high. He, mm-hmm. He's better than all this finger pointing. Surely mm-hmm. he's better than that. It's 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 not a good look, and it, it's making Celtic look bad. It's making Neil Lennon look bad. It's just gain ammunition for the Rangers fans to slate him even more and have a go. And it's just just stop it, basically. Yeah. I, I think you're you're hundred percent right. McCarthy is a comeback boy. But, I mean. <laughs> The Neil Lennon for me, as you said, like he's from where I'm from, Ireland, do you know what I mean? And I share that affinity with him. I loved him as a player, loved him as a manager, and he's a legend for what he, all the trophies he's won, both player and manager. He can use them to get a new job. There's going to be a club somewhere that would take him on. But this this new PR firm, as Francis said, what whatever they're advising to do is just like, wow, what is going on here? Because it's just constant deflection, constant attacks, terades, as you said, Ross, to towards everything about Celtic and it just is like it's like is he talking to Charlie Nicholas getting the face off him or you just don't know but obviously moving on from the Lennon because I don't want to obviously talk about it too much I just wanted your opinion looking ahead to the the, the Mitzelan game the Champions League qualifier and I me and Francis gave a reaction video and obviously Ross you were on it and just to come to yourself are you confident getting into this game obviously with all the, spe- the things we spoke about maybe not so so much as you might, <laughs> might have been but What's your feeling going towards this game anyway? Um, I'm slightly worried about this game because uh, they've got decent pedigree. Uh, they've done well in Europe in recent years. Uh, so it's it was always going to be a tough tie, no matter who we got. There's, everybody knows that on the most part there's no easy games in Europe. Uh, and as a Celtic fans... Know that especially, but uh, it's going to be a very difficult game. It's hard to judge how difficult it's going to be because, again, as we've alluded to, we don't know where we're going to be as a squad uh, when that game comes around. Uh, so we have to we have to wait and see who we bring in. Uh, if it was where we are as a squad just now, you you'd hope that. Maybe I are still there for that game. Maybe if we can't get some else in, then we manage to hang on to him to get through that tie, if you like, because we've only got Welsh. It's regardless, it's going to be a very, very difficult tie, uh, and it's probably going to be the odd goal that will decide it, if no, like extra time or a shootout. That's. Uh, Aye, it's, I'm very wary uh, and I'm, I'm not confident by any stretch, but I'm, I'm uh, optimistic. And yeah, I mean, I figure along, along the same lines as me and Francis in our reaction mm-hmm. video, anyone who wants to watch that is available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all, all the usual outlets. But what we do have is Beton, who can play centre-back. <laughs> 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 he'll, sort, he'll sort all them problems out. But look, I've got a bit, bit of good news for you guys, right? We're coming to the end of the show, and I tried to say off oh, her I had a, a major quiz planned. I don't have a quiz planned. I had no time today because family, <laughs> fam, fam, family and stuff's been visiting, and I haven't really had the time to sit down and read a quiz out. But what I'm going to do, the last topic was just coming come on the Posta Coglu again, and we, we've nicknamed them in, in the group chat as the BFG, the BFG, Big Friendly Gent, the way he speaks and talks and things. And just to come to yourselves individually, who does he remind you of? As as Ross said, he reminds you of a dad, but for me, it's like an uncle, isn't it? It's, it's just one of them funny uncles. Every, everyone's his friend. And 
he, he gets along with people. And what I notice in his press conferences as well, or his, um, his messages, he calls everyone mate all the time, which I find hilarious. Coming to yourself, Francis, what kind of feeling in terms of this season coming does Posta Coglu give you? I mean, I'm like when Dan is here, he, he's given me hope. He has given me hope that everything has got to be right and all okay and stuff. And it's like, like I touched on that, it's like his voice is just so calming. And it's, I just feel like it'll soothe any situation. It's just, I, I, I think he is like that, that uncle, eh? Like the one you, he's hoping always turns up to the party and stuff. Yeah. And just yeah. like, it's, it's no like the knobhead uncle that flicks his shoes off on the dance floor and that. It's just, he's, he's a sound one that's done all right for his selling that in life. So you just want to kind of hang about him. But I just, he's, I, I'm calm. Well, I'm obviously still got a wee like nervous thought, like nervous what, what could happen because the job is so big and it's so big for him. And we, are, we all know if he doesn't go off to a great start, the media's got to be on him. What will then turn sections of the Celtic fans on him? It could include us, you don't know. But we'll just need to face that bridge when we come across it. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm somebody who's like, he's, he's like the uncle you're, you're always hoping turns up to that party or or, or your mate's uh, cousin or something that's mate's uncle and that, that you're just like, oh, I hope he turns up to the party and that tonight because he's, he's hilarious. He's, he's so good to hang about with and that. Yeah, the one of them guys wearing a Rolex watch is big fancy car outside and he's funny. Aye, aye. It's one of them. What, what about yourself, young, like, young boys. Uh, aye, just similar. I, I think he, he he brings a calmness to, to uh, every situation uh, that I've seen him in so far. Obviously, he's no been in like a, a, a football match situation environment, if you like, but I, I, everything that he said so far eh, has just put me at ease and made me feel a lot better about his appointment. I, I think he's, I don't, I don't really. I, I'm very calm about it all, and I'm, I'm yeah. happy that he's here now and ready to start working. And yeah. I, I think he, he, he would host a good barbecue, eh, and I would, <laughs> I, would, I would certainly have a beer with him. Where, where eh, but I, I just, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table going forward now and just want to see what players he brings in. And I, I think he, he looks like a guy that everybody's going to get on with. Uh, and he, he looks like a very approachable guy. Uh, he's probably has got a bit, of, he could probably lose the head like any other manager. But I, I think he's very approachable and I think a lot of the players will get on with him. Uh, and I, I hope that they do and I, I hope that maybe guys that were are contemplating leaving get a conversation with him and think actually this guy's alright I like his ideas I like what he's thinking where he's wanting to take the club and that sways them back to Celtic and we just move forward and start winning trophies again I think the overall feeling speaking on behalf of the End of Sales podcast we're all calm, aren't we, about this yeah. now? I think. Yeah. I mean, yes, the topics we spoke about may seem a bit on edge and a bit cutthroat, but again, we'll have to speak about them. But the overwhelming feeling towards Posta Cogley at the moment from us guys anyway is calmness, calmness and a bit of excitement to what's coming in the future. I think we can all agree on that, yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think it's like yeah. everywhere. It's just, you're, you're going to, it's been a couple of weeks now, so you've obviously dealt, you know this is the guy, so it's all about giving him your support, isn't it? Just, like we always, like every Celtic fan will do, we'll give the guy whoever it was the support. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm, everyone at NSL's podcast will back him regardless, obviously, until we come to a point where we can't back him no more, as with Devin D. Lennon. I mean, that, that's the way it goes. It's healthy. Yeah. We'll, we'll give her all. We'll get the support to the best of the world. We don't get that label for nothing. And, guys, that brings us to the end of the NSL's podcast, the first Celtic one in the while. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was good. Very much. Good, good, good. Very much. Uh, good, yeah. good to get back talking Celtic again and looking forward <laughs> to the new season. Slightly more positive as well. Yeah. Bring them on. Ross and, Come on. <laughs> Ross, Ross was on form tonight with all the analogies. I am an athlete. Find the poet, I. But look, what we'll have come up, I mean, you guys know who are listening, that we've been covering Scotland at the European Championships, and unfortunately, they've crashed out of the group stage. But what we're going to do is we're going to recap it. We're going to have an extravaganza on members of the podcast. And you may think that there's not really much to talk about, but again, there is, because everyone in this podcast has had experiences. They've been out places, they've had drinks, there's been videos of certain people dancing, which will make it <laughs> So, which will make Twitter at some point, Ross, not saying anything. But again, it's going to be full of laughs, full of laughs, full of jokes, some of Ross's analogies. It's going to be good crack. We'll speak about the games and stuff, obviously. But it has been a good thing covering Scotland, hasn't it? Yeah, it was trying I, I, I just hope we can get to Qatar next. Yeah, 100%. And on that note, on that note guys, who are listening, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>